Get ready to start your new morning ritual with our new sponsor, Mudwater. Coffee is one of America's favorite beverages, with more and more people starting their coffee habits every day with a cup of that flavorful anxiety juice. But let's be real. Have you ever heard anyone say, I'm working on getting more coffee into my life? Millions of people complain about the jitters that come from coffee consumption. Our morning coffee rituals can be habit-forming and, for some people, can make getting a good night's sleep almost impossible. And while nearly all of us like the smell, taste, and ritual of our morning coffee, why not explore eliminating the negative aspects of our morning brew? Well, what if your coffee replacement helped induce alertness, not dependency, improve mental capacity and function, improve physical stamina and performance, improve immunity and overall health? Oh, and by the way, it tastes good enough to drink every single day. Meet Mudwater. Mudwater is your fastest growing coffee alternative in the market, consisting of organic ingredients lauded by cultures both old and young for their health and performance benefits. With one-seventh the caffeine of coffee, Mud gives you the natural energy and focus you expect from coffee, but without the jitters and crash. With an organic blend of mushrooms and ingredients like cacao, marsala chai, turmeric, lion's mane, and more, Mud Water offers a beverage like no other. Whether you want to enjoy it hot, cold, as a latte, or however you take your coffee in the morning, Mud Water is zero sugar, zero crash, zero jitter alternative, sure to leave you feeling recharged and refocused. Listen, I'm really excited to have Mud Water as a sponsor here on The Brian Nichols Show because I've been able to see the Mud Water difference for myself, and you can too, so click the link in the show notes to get some mud, support the show, and get your new morning ritual started right with Mud Water. And now, onto the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Sunday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on the program. And yes, to you YouTube listener, you get to see things a little early than everybody else. So thank you for tuning in early and every single week. Yes, you can catch the show on Sunday Tuesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, if you are catching the YouTubes, or for you traditional audio listener, you get it Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 6 a.m., and then our special Sunday Canada Highlight Series, which is, of course, what you're here for today. Now, uh, I mentioned in the uh, the outro of uh, the last episode, I'm pulling my notes up here, we had a good friend of the show, Daniel DiMartino, on, and uh, today we're having good friend of the show back on the show, it is one Sam Robb. Now, Sam, as I'm knocking over my notes, aren't I professional, folks? Uh, Sam is joining the Brian Nichols Show to talk about three, or four, rather, awesome candidates that he has running uh, here in Pennsylvania as libertarians in awesome special elections where we have a real shot and uh, here they are tim mcmaster who you can see above me here right there over there yep tim mcmaster he is running for uh state senate and actually he was a good friend of our show here we have a returning guest uh nate covington andrew ria and rob luber now i uh, i hadn't had the chance to have those other three gentlemen on the show yet but we have a great chance here today to talk to sam and sam will outline exactly uh what their specific races are looking like how you as a voter in pennsylvania can get more involved or if you're outside of the, the greater Pennsylvania area, what can you do in terms of learning from what is working on the ground here on a very special Sunday Candidate Highlight Series? So, with that being said, on to the show, Sam Robb here on The Brian Nichols Show. 
Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me back, Brian. Absolutely, Sam. Thank you so much for returning to the program. For the the longtime listener of the program, they heard you back when you were seeking the Libertarian uh, nomination for our our presidential run here back in 2020. They got to hear your story and and your path to liberty. But for those new listeners, let's kind of catch them up to speed. Who is Sam Robb? And uh, I guess particularly your role in our Libertarian politics, uh, politics, specifically here in PA. Wow. Um, (laughs) 2020 seems like forever ago. Uh, Just just so you know, when you said that, that it just seems like it was another lifetime. It does. Um, I'm just a guy from Pennsylvania, guy from Pittsburgh. And uh, a couple of years ago, I decided that uh, I was going to change my registration to Libertarian. And uh, uh, then I decided that I was going to look for the Libertarian nomination. Uh, That's kind of you know, if you've ever taught somebody to swim by throwing them off the pier into the deep end, that's kind of what happened. And uh, it turns out I was able to doggy paddle a little bit. So I uh, got to know some people, uh, ended up running Joe Jorgensen's campaign here in Pennsylvania. Uh, had a tremendous amount of good people around me for that, uh, a lot of which are still active in the party and, and uh, still working to, to, you know, increase liberty in Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, ended up uh, being appointed as uh, Western Vice Chair after uh, David Vesely, who's a tremendous guy. I've known him for for a couple of for a couple of years now. Um, uh, he's uh, part of the LP Allegheny organization, and uh, he stepped down as as uh, Western Vice Chair. I was appointed to to fill that position, so uh, came in just in time to see Pennsylvania uh, one. Uh, the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania achieved minor party status uh, thanks to our uh, state-level candidates that ran, uh, along with Joe Jorgensen. And then uh, two, see not one, not two, not three, but four special elections, uh, two for the PA Senate and two for PA House uh, that are taking place this May 18th. May 18th. It's just around the corner. I know we you say, oh my goodness, where did 2020 go? Where, where is 2021 going? I can't believe we're already in May. And and hey, that's a good opportunity, though, to, to segue right into the next conversation that I wanted to focus on, Sam. And that is, yes, we have some special elections right now that are taking place. And as we were talking beforehand, this is a great chance for libertarians to not only enter into the conversations that people are having specifically in these special elections, but now we can start to focus on issues that people truly care about and are looking to get motivated in voting for. So let's focus on these four elections. We had Tim, Nate, Andrew, and Rob. So we have four libertarian candidates, and in these four different districts, people have a choice. They have the the red team, the blue team, or this gold libertarian porcupine team. So Traditionally, we've heard, Sam, it's been voting for one of the two uh, lesser of two evils, but now people are starting to look for other solutions, and I think it's on us as libertarians to present the Libertarian Party not just as another choice, but rather a real substantive solution to their problems. So let's make the pitch, specifically in these four elections, why should folks be voting for a Libertarian candidate versus maybe a more safe Republican or Democratic candidate? Ooh. That, and that is uh, that's really the crux right here. That's the point. Um, if you're familiar with the last couple of years, we had a little thing go on, uh, you know, COVID nineteen, the pandemic, and uh, along with that came what uh, is referred to as either the lockdowns or the shutdowns. Um, 
Pennsylvania in particular has been particularly uh, stringent with lockdowns. We still have not exited uh, from all, from the uh, lockdowns and the restrictions uh, that come along with that, that the government has imposed on us. There's not a lot of people that are really happy with that. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a number of people that are that are quite irate that uh, even though things have been improving, even though things have been opening up at, in other states across the nation, uh, that Pennsylvania is still locked down, that we're still suffering uh, you know, with people who are unemployed. We have businesses that are that are closing down. Uh, we have we have uh, restaurants and, and other uh, venues that will never reopen because of the damage that's been done during this you know, over a year of, of uh, lockdown and restrictions. Um, all four of our candidates have been out there talking about this, and it, they've been assisted by the fact that we actually have three constitutional amendments on the ballot uh, this May 18th in the primary election. So everybody in Pennsylvania, whether or not you are registered a Democrat or a Republican, you are able to go and vote. If you're registered, if you're registered to vote, you're able to go and vote on these uh, constitutional amendments. And the first two deal with the uh, powers of the governor to declare emergencies and basically take back and explicitly say, hey, yeah, in, instead of the governor declaring an emergency and then deciding when it's over, we're going to make continuing the state of emergency something that the, the legislature has to take part in. So both of those are attempts to uh, to pull some of the responsibility some of the uh, authority back from the governor. And frankly, you've got a lot of people across the, across the country, well, across the, across the state of Pennsylvania in particular, that uh, really want to see those powers clawed back and given to representatives as opposed to, you know, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll let one man decide how the economy of Pennsylvania goes. And there's, there's, there's some issues with, uh, with the way that happened. Uh, there was one county in particular, I forget which one, that uh, did not like the original lockdown orders and ended up, uh, when everything else got eased across the state of Pennsylvania, for whatever reason, they continued on in lockdown for a little bit longer. Um, so that's the sort of thing that, you know, if you think about it, it that gets people's, you know, gets their bristles up. And uh, when their bristles get up, they they start feeling like porcupines. So right. uh, they're, they're somebody that we want to talk to. Yeah, well, and you hit on, I think, right there, Sam, it, it, the lockdowns. The lockdowns have been top of mind for everybody. Now, I'm not going to go through a past year's worth of podcasts that I've gone ahead because there's hours of folks that can go and, and look through the, the treasure trove of me harping on LP National for the lack of, of messaging effectively towards these lockdowns. Because I think, it, I mean, this probably is one of the most consequential actions that the government has taken unilaterally across the board in not just like trying to, uh, you know, contain a virus but in mm. so doing quite literally shutting down society telling people yeah. you're essential you're not essential you can't work you can't support your family you have to shut down your gyms i mean it, it it's gotten to the point now i think more and more people are starting to realize that these rules in most cases if not all cases are very arbitrary. They're, they're not really based on the science trademark, but rather they're based on the politicians following a lot of these crazy models that were set from the very beginning of the pandemic. And once they set their policy in motion, I mean, it's pretty much like a, a freight train, you know, carrying a massive uh, load behind it. And, and it's not going to be able to stop that freight train for goodness, miles and miles and miles. It's by design. 
because in this case, they don't want to, to have to say that they're wrong because that would require them to, to say, oh, maybe we, we don't have all the answers. And it puts a massive hole in the argument of government being the ultimate solution, the ultimate, the ultimate arbiter of what is and is not factually correct, Sam. So let's talk to those people, right? I think that might be the, yeah. I say might be, I think, and no, I would say <laughs> that that is like number one, the thing we should be doing the most, but maybe for the folks who they're like, eh, I didn't get impacted by the lockdowns. I still had my job. Mm-hmm. The lockdowns maybe aren't top of their mind. How about those folks? What would you say? And, and in sales, obviously we're looking at what are the top, maybe two or three issues that we can talk about. What would you say those, those other folks are out there? Is, is it maybe school choice or, or something else you see out there that we could, uh, we could focus on? The, uh, the other big ones, and I'll, I'll speak here personally from, uh, uh, talking talking about the Andrew Reeves campaign and Rob Luther's campaign because I've been more closely associated with them being out here in the West. Um, the couple of issues that resonate there are uh, not surprisingly in uh, Rob's district, which it, it tends to be a little more uh, a little more blue. They are talking about school choice. They're talking about uh, you know getting back to school. Some of those issues. Um, in Andrew's district, which is a little more red, uh, the one of the big issues there has been uh, second making Pennsylvania a Second Amendment sanctuary state. So one of one of the things that I, I think these these different campaigns have really kind of driven home, which was uh, it's interesting and not you know not something that you you look at too closely um, usually is the fact that. Each one of them, although they have some some unifying messaging, each one of them is picking something that really resonates with the voters in their district. So we've got a one-two punch coming in. We've got, uh, hey, this is we know that you're upset with the lockdowns. We know you're upset with the economy, um, even if it's not affecting you personally. Yeah, even if it's not something that's impacted you economically, you probably know plenty of people it has. You've probably seen what's you know what's going on out in your community, as people have struggled with this. So we've got that that punch, and then we we come in with whatever is appropriate for the district. Um, like I said, in in Andrew's district, a uh, little more little more red. Uh, the former uh, House representative there, uh, Jeff Pyle, was a Republican. So Second Amendment is big up there. Um, there were a number of houses that we, you know, when we were out knocking on doors that we saw that had a, uh, you know, Jeff Pyle sticker with the Second Amendment saying on it. Um, there's a number of uh, there's a number of people out there that are really concerned with fiscal responsibility, and the, the interesting, the, the great thing here is we had uh, uh, a meet and greet for the candidates, all three candidates out there, which was uh, really fantastic. The Chamber of Commerce put that on. They invited every, all three candidates there. Uh, the Democrat, the the Republican, uh, the Libertarian, and uh, afterwards had a chance to talk to some of the Democrats out there. And if you want to, you want to talk about you know, Pennsylvania being a little different from every other state, right? We have a ton of blue collar Democrats living out in the you know outside of the cities. These are folks that like unions. Hey, Libertarians, we like private unions. These are folks that uh, that like guns. Hey, we're libertarians. We like the Second Amendment. These are folks that like uh, when the government, you know, keeps their nose out of their business because they're, you know, they're living out in the country. They're just doing their own thing, right? So whether they're Republicans or Democrats, there's a lot of common ground here. And one of those bits of common ground that kind of I think gets missed is fiscal responsibility. 
the Democrats that we talked with after the meet and greet were the ones who were citing to us, hey, this is what the uh, what the budget was 20 years ago. This is what the increases have gone for. This is where we're spending money now. How are you going to, if, you know, Andrew, if you end up in the in the house, how are you going to pull this back and get us get us out of spending? Uh, I, I believe one guy pointed out that uh, I think our PennDOT, yeah, our Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, roads, we're spending more now on roads in the next year's budget than we did on the entire budget 20 years ago. So what are we going to do about that spending? People are starting to wake up and starting to look at this and think, you know what? This is not where we want to go. And when you get get the other candidates getting up and talking about, hey, this is how we're going to uh, this is how we're literally I'm going to go get money get money for you and we're going to spend it here. And they, they, you know, people start thinking, well, you know what? There's not, you know, we know that money's tight right now. Who are you going to take that from? Who are you going to be hurting in order to, you know, give us, you know, give us a new entryway at the school or whatever it is? So uh, there, there was a lot of positive response to the idea of, you know what? We could, we should put someone in office who's at least willing to talk about, hey, we need to reign in government, we need to increase liberty for the people. And we need to rein in our spending. Three big issues. So now the next question, we, we identified what the, the top three issues are to the, the market in this case. So let's now focus on, well, how can we actually get them to I, not just say, yeah, these are the things I care about, but these are the things that are going to push me to the ballot box. I guess, how do you think we can tell some stories? I mean, and let's maybe actually tell some stories out there, Sam. Are there any stories that you've heard as you've been talking to maybe these four specific candidates as they've gone through their their mm-hmm. district where a libertarian solution would really help somebody, maybe a problem that they saw in their specific areas or, or maybe a, a situation where somebody had not heard a libertarian solution and they realized that that would really make their lives objectively better? Um. Not it, it kind of related to that. One of the things that uh, really kind of shocked me, uh, I've been going out, I've did some did some, did some door knocking with uh, with Rob Luther um, uh, down in Ligonier. Uh, I've done a lot of door knocking with uh, Andrew Rhea uh, up around the Apollo uh, Kiski area. I think I've between the two of them probably knocked on close to two thousand doors, helping them get out there, and one. That's the way you do it. There, there is no doubt about that. Uh, we have breached more people uh, going out and having conversations, having our teams going up and down the road. Um, had one gentleman knock just recently down Ligonier knocked on his door. Uh, you know, said I was out campaigning for Rob Luther, and uh, yeah, he he looked at me and and he said, "People don't do this anymore. This is how you do things. People don't do this anymore. I'll, I'll vote for this Rob Luther." And we talked a little bit. Um, but I think throughout all this, again, around 2000 doors I've knocked on, I had one person ask me, so what's a libertarian? That's to me is really surprising. This is not a, this is not an issue of like, oh, you're, you're some third party or tell me, tell me what you believe. You know, they, they'd ask, is he a Republican or a Democrat? Oh, you know, he's running as, he's running as a libertarian. Oh, so he's he's uh, you know, you know, pro pro guns and uh, you know, fiscal responsibility, right? Right? Or uh, 
Oh, so the liberta- libertarians, you're the you're the ones that uh, are for police reform, right? Hmm. So those ideas are getting out there. Those messages are getting out there. Um, I think we, ha- you know, we have a really unique opportunity uh, at this point. People have heard of us. People have some idea of what we stand for, and people are willing to listen. And they're they're willing to listen because you know let's be let's be honest. Government has managed to screw things up. Um, I was just talking to talking to a friend of mine. He, he stopped to uh, stopped to drop off some stuff, and we ended up chatting. And uh, I'm sure his wife didn't appreciate that because we were talking <laughs> politics. But uh, uh, he is he is a very uh, staunch uh, Republican supporter. Uh, he is a, a tremendously nice guy. We've had some some talks over the last year or so, and uh, one of the things that we've we've you know we've gone back and forth and gotten to is is uh, he says I you know he'll say I don't I'm not sure that I agree with everything that the libertarians stand for. He said, but I understand I understand where you guys are coming from now, and I see why a lot of your things will help. And I think that is really where we're where we're getting to right now. We're seeing a lot of people uh, looking at the the war on drugs and thinking, so now you're gonna ban menthol cigarettes. How is that going to help? What is that going to do? You're how are how is this going to be any different than what we've seen already? We know how prohibition works. We've seen it in our lifetimes with drug prohibition. How is the, how is banning sodas? How is banning straws? How is banning uh, menthol cigarettes going to make life better for people? And the answer is, it, we're starting to realize it doesn't. You know, yeah. there's there might be you might be able to make arguments for some of this stuff, but you know what? Everything that you everything that you do. I'll, I'll take it back. You look at the, the decline in smoking and tobacco use in the in the United States. Some of some of that you can look at and say, yeah, okay, that was you know that was you know ban on smoking in bars or whatever, something like that. Much of that, most of that, was just education, talking to people, and we've lost we've lost track of the you know what it means to talk to people, to persuade people, to present an argument, and say, hey. This is this is why this is good for you and allowing people to make their own choices. And I think the solutions to beyond beyond talking to people, right? So let's take this perfect example you just laid up there, Sam, the, the smoking example, right? What else helped push smoking exponentially down in terms of a favorite pastime? It was the vaping industry. As, as soon as you started to see a new technology that started to put the old technology out of its its necessity, all of a sudden the market started to correct, and what happened? Big Tobacco reacted, and they mm-hmm. went went forward. Yep. And what they they leveraged their their crony buddies in government, and they were able to basically squash the vape industry, or at least very very much cripple it. Um, so. I think it's important for us to, as libertarians, make sure that we do focus, again, not just on the the solutions in terms of the argument, but also the actual solutions in the marketplace. I mean, think about who we have to be presenting to. And this is, I think, something that we as uh, libertarians forget is that the future is now. (laughs) Gen Z, Gen (laughs) Z is the future. And the oldest Gen Zers are 24 years old. That's crazy to me. When I first heard that, and here's the thing that blew me away too. There's two things that Gen Z 
doesn't, um, or rather not doesn't, but more so is a defining uh, moment or a significant moment in history. Number one, most Gen Z doesn't remember a time before 9-11, which is just, wow. Number two, yeah. most Gen Z doesn't remember a world before the iPhone. So think about those two things hand in hand. They don't know a world without us being in oh, yeah. perpetual war, and they don't know a world where they don't have a literal mini computer in their pocket and they can access countless information, right? So we have to almost enter into that conversation, number one, knowing that, but number two, knowing that they, they're they looking for the, the ease. They're looking for something that's going to be intuitive. They, they don't just go ahead and buy the first thing that they're told to buy from a friend. They do research on it as well, and they have a little smart computer. They can go ahead and check everything out. So when we're presenting ideas and solutions, right, it's mm-hmm. more important for us to, to not just talk about the rhetoric or things that we don't like, but also to present those solutions. In, in sales, we talk about this, right? Not just going in and talking crap about the, the competitor, the existing vendor that you're, you're going against, but rather showing where your solution helps better solve the problem that exists for your company or where the existing vendor's solution is not meeting the problem that they said they were going to solve. And that's something I think we need to do more effectively by not just talking about how great our ideas are and how intoxicating the ideas of liberty are. No, we need to start presenting the libertarian solutions out there. And actually, I just had a conversation with Matt Kibbe where we focused on this exactly and using storytelling to best tell those stories of those successful solutions. And Sam, I mean, goodness, that's what you did when you were in the private sector. You you were part of a software company and you, you helped build those solutions quite literally from the ground up. That's something I think we need to encourage more of, this entrepreneurial spirit, but also this idea that it's not just you're trying to make money, but rather you're trying to solve problems that exist out there. Oh, absolutely. One, I 100% agree with you. Um, and I mean, we, we do have an advantage here right? We're, we're going out and we, we want to present uh, the solution to uh, the problems. And you, you mentioned, you know, hey, in, in business, you, sometimes you want, to, you want to go in and say, hey, we're going to solve problems in a way that your, your current supplier can't. Well, there's a bunch of problems that our current supplier in government just can't solve. Uh, we're seeing one of them right now. Uh, I was watching, you know, earlier today, SpaceX, right? We have an entire space industry now that is built around private enterprise. That was unthinkable, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. You want to talk, talk about the, you know, Gen Z, uh, you know, not remembering a time without iPhones. I'm looking forward and thinking, you know, my grandkids, I'm hoping that they are going to grow up thinking, uh, you know, hey, you know, you realize this current generation has never had a chance to talk to the colonists on the moon or on Mars. That would be fantastic. That would be awesome. But that's, that's something that that's a, an issue that the government isn't solving. As a matter of fact, you, you've got to get government out of the way to let those problems solve. Uh, we were talking, talking earlier today about, uh, you know, early in the pandemic, some of the, the sequencing of COVID-19 that was done, we, it was done here in Pittsburgh. Um, there's a there's a fairly convoluted story about it, but what it what it comes down to is before uh, before the government stepped in and said no 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 we have to do this a certain way, uh, the University of Pittsburgh got their hands on a sample, and they were able to start uh, sequencing and identifying and understanding COVID uh, before the government stepped in to tell them no don't. Um, there are so many stories about government getting in the way when you particularly when you talk about healthcare you talk about talk about things like uh um you know the government 
coming in and saying, okay, we're going to pass laws that you can only have so many hospitals or so many uh, MRI machines in a certain area, uh, you know, because, well, we, you know, MRI machines are expensive and we don't want to, you know, uh, don't want the hospital who invested a lot of money into an MRI machine to get undercut by somebody, you know, offering cheaper MRI, MRI services. What happens then is that you're artificially keeping prices high. Government stepped in to solve a problem and it made it worse. The more, we have tons of examples of this. The war on drugs is an example of this. Wars overseas are, are an example of this. Uh, there, there is literally you know, nothing that you can look at with government and, and not find a problem. And I'll be honest, I'm a minarchist, right? I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not an anarchist. I, I think that we have, as human beings, we have far too many problems to get by without some sort of organizational structure. Uh, whether that's you know smaller or voluntary or, or you know a night watch state, we can argue all those details. But that gets back to what you were talking about. People don't want to hear you argue about that stuff. People don't want to hear you or watch you on Facebook going into a seven-page you know ex- explanation of why Rothbardian economics is more superior to. Wah, you've lost them. They don't. What they. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It surprised me too. What they want to see is is libertarians in action. They want to see, hey, what's what are you doing? What is going on here? Um, you know, what are you you talk about drug legalization? So what's what's going on? Have you you know have you been involved in doing any of that? Have you been talking to your local communities? Have you t- been working at it at the state level? What legislation have you you introduced? Uh, there's a defend the guard. Uh, legislation. Um, those guys are, are fantastic. They're talking about, hey, you know what? One of the things that's that's perpetuating these endless wars overseas is that the the federal government comes back and says, hey, Pennsylvania, give us uh, you know five thousand National Guard. We're going to send them over to to Iraq or Afghanistan or Pakistan or wherever for for a year. Right? We're we're activating them. Defend the Guard is basically an attempt to say, hey, we're we're going to at the state level. We're going to come in and get work on getting state legislation that says, no, give us a declaration of war and we'll go ahead and do what you say. But absent a declaration of war, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you our, our, uh, our National Guard for a month. Then we expect them to come back because they are not soldiers. They're not intended to be soldiers. Yep. So there's, there's a number of things, you know, and I would love to see libertarians more involved at all levels. We need, I was mentioned this yesterday to a couple of guys, uh, we need our evangelists. We need guys out there preaching liberty. We need guys out there, we need teachers. We need, we need folks out there saying, hey, you know what? This is, this is how you run a campaign. This is how you, you can, uh, you can uh, get, you know, deal with your own personal finances. This is, this is the libertarian way of, of working within your community. We need, we need folks who are willing willing to just get out there and do the jobs that need to be done and show people that it can be done. The more people you show that it can be done, the more people you attract, you get a snowball effect. We're seeing that with, in Pennsylvania with uh, uh, the Joe Jorgensen campaign. We have a ton of people that are active in the party now because of her, a ton of people that are inter- invigorated in the party because of her and Spike. That is what people see. They see activity. They see 
people working. They see people doing. And they realize that what we have is not just a philosophy. And to quote a former pastor of mine, Pastor Kurt Skelly, tremendous guy, he was very fond of saying this, you truly only believe that which moves you to action. If I, if I walk into a room and it's beautiful and I scream fire, people are going to look around and go, what are you talking about? They're not going to do anything. If I walk in and there's smoke billowing out behind me and I scream fire, they believe me, they're going to get up and they're going to move their butts outside. We believe that which moves us to action. We truly believe it. When they see libertarians out doing libertarian things, they understand these guys are serious. They're not just talking the talk. They're out walking the walk and they are serious. I want to be part of that. Time to be serious. Time to go vote. That's right. Special election time. <laughs> Sam, so I think you said it was is May 18th. Correct me if I'm wrong. May 18th. So yes, we're sir. airing this episode here on the Sunday before. It's going to be one of our special versions of our Sunday candidate highlight series. More of an overview of four amazing candidates here in the greater Pennsylvania Commonwealth. I guess we, we, we shall see how things shall turn out. Sam, Rob, as always, it is a pleasure to talk to you. And I guess as a call to action beyond folks going ahead and voting uh, this, uh, I guess, coming Tuesday, when can folks, or I guess rather, what else can folks do to go ahead and make sure they're helping support all the work your guys are doing and uh, helping raise awareness for these four great candidates? Well, the uh, I see you've got scrolling down at the at the bottom of the screen a uh, couple of uh, you know my Twitter handle, my Facebook handle. I will go out and make sure that I get get these candidates their web pages up. Uh, contributions are always welcome, right? Uh, I know a lot of these guys are pouring their own money into these campaigns. Um, volunteers, you may you may think, okay, yeah, it's you know it's you know May May. 11th or whatever, uh, you know, the, you know, the election's happening next week. What in the world can I do to help? Here's the, here's the answer. You can volunteer. You can get in touch with these campaigns and say, Hey, I'm in your districts. I'm, or I'm willing to go out and be a poll worker. All that, all that means is you're willing to go take a, uh, take some literature. You're willing to take a sign. You're going to go out and stand at the polls. And when people come to vote, you say, Hey, here we go. Vote Tim McMaster. Vote for vote for you know uh, Andrew Rhea. Uh, so, someone someone pointed out that I, I believe a third of the people that go to vote at any election don't know who they're voting for at the door. They make their decision on the way in. So and in a three way race. Okay, it, we're talking about these are these are primary races in smaller districts. Uh, you know, for for example, for uh, for Rob and Andrew in their their PA house races, their win numbers are somewhere around six thousand. If we could put somebody at every polling place with a with an Andrew Rea sign, with a Rob Luther sign, with some literature, we are going to have a, a larger than normal turnout because people are going to be coming out to vote on these constitutional amendments. And that's a chance to put your name, put these guys name right in front of people and say, they are, they're behind reigning in the government's power. They want to make sure that you have the freedom to live your life the way you want. And they are all for letting you keep your money. 
that can have a tremendous impact on any one of these four elections. I'm all about it. So folks, there is your call to action. Get involved and yes, get out and vote. May 18th, if you are in one of these districts with these four special elections, please do your part and quite literally your vote could be the difference. 6,000 votes, that's nothing. And goodness, Sam's already gone, knocked on half of them or at least a quarter of them for you. So <laughs> Sam, thank you for your, uh, for doing the hard work, putting in all the blood, sweat, and tears, and yes, all the mileage in your shoes, knocking on doors. And with that, thank you so much again for joining The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian. When we're talking about living a truly free and independent life, we mean it. And that's exactly what Gary Collins, who is the creator of The Simple Life, set out to accomplish. And now you have a chance to learn all the secrets that Gary has developed over decades of trying it out himself, building these amazing courses. As you can go to thesimplelifenow.com and access three amazing courses. One being the Off the Grid Master Course. Two being the how to finance your off-grid home course and three how to find your dream off-grid property course and get an awesome 10% off at checkout by using code tbns10 that's right you too can learn how to live a truly free and independent lifestyle by living off-grid and all these amazing courses are delivered to you by yes one gary collins from the simplelifenow.com use code tbns10 at checkout for 10% off your order and start living your free life today Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Sam Robb. Thank you, Sam, for joining us here on the program. And folks, please, if you're in PA, go out and vote. We need to go ahead and get these candidates as much support as possible. So I'm asking you, please do your part. If you can, if you're in the areas, please get out there and go ahead and vote for those four amazing candidates. And a special shout out, yeah, to my boy, Tim McMaster. I'm going to keep on giving you some love. Tim was on the show. Sent over some awesome swag, by the way. That's how you go ahead and get in my, uh, my good graces list, by the way, guests. Send some swag my way, which I will also send to my Patreon members, by the way. Just a heads up if you want to become a Patreon subscriber. Oh, am I putting the cart before the horse? Hold on, folks. So really quick, yeah, we have an awesome Patreon. If you haven't heard about that yet, I don't know what you've been doing, but hey, our Patreon is growing faster than ever. Head over to the Brian Nichols Show Patreon. Number one, you can become an entry-level sales executive or an account executive. Regardless, you're going to go ahead and pique some interest by going ahead and getting this awesome don't hurt people and don't take people's stuff bumper sticker. And if you're lucky enough and maybe you live in PA, you may have received a couple of uh, these uh, awesome, I keep on pointing over my wrong shoulder, some of these awesome uh, you know, swag here from our different PA candidates, so Tim McMaster, for example, Joe Solowski, for example, uh, New Jersey candidates, you may have gotten some stuff from uh, Nicholas Magner and, uh, you know, Greg Mealy, so hey, with that being said, folks, I, I appreciate all the support, uh, but if you wanted to go ahead and do me a favor, and you're like, hey, I can't join, you know, $5 a month, $10 a month right now, Brian, what else can I do? Well, a few things, number one, you can share today's episode, go ahead, though, make sure you tag me at B Nichols Liberty, Twitter, Facebook, and Minds.com, I don't know why I said a, a slur there, B Nichols Liberty, come on, folks, we're going to make through this, I promise. Uh, and again, Facebook, Twitter, Minds.com, and yes, Parlor.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to hear about it. Email me, Brian, at BrianNicholsShow.com. Or hey, if you know of a guest or you represent a guest, I would love to hear about said guest. We would love to get him on the show. Uh, so email me, Brian, at BrianNicholsShow.com. And then one ask, of course. Oh, well, I guess two ask. Number one, if you have Naya here on the YouTubes, please hit that magical subscribe button and the little notification button so you do not miss a single episode. And then 
And if you have not yet, head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a quick five-star rating and review. It literally costs you no dollars to go ahead and do that. But telling a quick story about why you like the show, that will inspire so many people to come over here to become new members of the Brian Nichols Show audience. Your support means so much. So thank you, for, uh, folks, for all the other uh, love and support thus far as we've been growing this show over the past, uh, you know, what, couple of uh, years now? Three, going on three and a half years? Where is the time gone? My goodness, I must be something about this whole sales thing that it's actually working because we're changing people's hearts and minds, and I love it. And speaking about that, coming up here on Monday, good friend Jeremy Todd, he's doing a lot of work with this whole Liberty Unity thing, but he's also a sales guy. So we're going to be talking some sales and Liberty Unity, so make sure you do not miss that episode coming up here on Monday. So that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Sam Robb. We'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.